Well, good morning to each and every one of you. It's really great to see you today here on site. And a shout out welcome to those who joined us online today and for our many guests that have joined us on site online from our city and across uh, uh, the nation of Canada, even from around the world. Can we give it up right now for all our first time guests that have joined us today? We are honestly so glad that you're here. How many people are ready for God's word? Come on, are you ready for God's word? We love God's Word, don't we? When you love Jesus, you love His Word. And we're in a four-part sermon series. We're taking four Sundays to explore the book of 2 Thessalonians. This is message number two. And we're, we're sharing with you a sermon series called Unshakable. In our shaking times, can we find a confidence in our unshakable Lord and just remain confident and firm in our faith? Well, I want you to get out your Bible and turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to look at the first 12 verses, and there's an outline on our church website. And why find the auditorium, WP Church, if you need access to that, and pull up the outline. I want to talk today about, about prophecy. Now, I've learned that many people want to see a calendar of timeline of prophecy, and I've learned that God gives us prophecy not to give us a calendar, but to build character in our lives and to build strength in our lives. And it's my prayer today that this message will give you confidence in these shaking times, confidence in Jesus, confidence in your faith, an unshaking walk with our God Almighty. You might remember from last week that, that Paul wrote this letter to a church in Thessalonica that was the capital of Macedonia. And they were really confused on end time events. They actually thought the rapture took place. They thought they were in the tribulation times. And just a few months later, Paul writes them this letter to bring clarity. And so I want to give you today just four things, four major events that make up the timeline, the prophetic timeline that we need to just rediscover, relearn, redefine, and just get deep in our hearts. So we'll talk to you, number one, about the rapture. Everybody say rapture. One, two, three. Rapture. Come on, we can do better than that. Everybody say rapture. One, two, three. Rapture. The first thing I want you to write down in your notes about the rapture, it's all about when God delivers the believers. The rapture will deliver the believers. We're going to zero in on verse 1 and verse 2. In verse number 1, it says concerning. In other words, Paul is wanting to talk about something specific. And I need to point out to you, in verse 1 and verse 2, this is the, this is the, the heart, the theme of this book, the theme. Everything proceeds to it or everything flows out of it. He said, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's two comings of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first coming already took place 2,000 years ago when God sent his son, Jesus. God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the first coming. And we're excited that Jesus came to this world for us. Amen? The second coming is broken into two parts. The second coming begins with the rapture when Jesus comes back for his church and the dead in Christ rise first. Those that are alive and remain are caught up to be with the Lord. And Paul talked about that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I have people say to me, Mark, you talk about the rapture. It's not even a word in the Bible. It actually is. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 and 17, it says we will be caught up. And the Greek word caught up can mean seized by force or snatched suddenly. But the Latin version of the Greek word is from which we get the word rapture. Rapture is a variation of the Latin word, which comes from the Greek word, which means snatched up. 
So he says, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's talking about the rapture and our being gathered to him. Remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? Those who are alive and remain, we caught up to be with the Lord forever, and we'll be with him forever, gathered with him. He's talking about what he shared in his first letter. Coming, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, Paul is inviting the believers in Thessalonica to what he wants to share in verse 2, not to become easily unsettled. Now, I want to tell you what the Greek word unsettled means. It actually means to be agitated. Now, I, 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 I remember as a young boy in the early 1970s that my mom had an old washing machine in the basement that shook like you wouldn't believe. Anybody remember those days? You felt like the whole house was shaking. It freaked me out. I mean, she'd put the wash on early in the morning before I'm up, and I, I'd wake up suddenly because the agitator in the washing machine was shaking the laundry back and forth. And that's what the Greek word unsettled means, agitated. Back and forth, back and forth, agitated, moving around, shaken every way. And Paul said, I don't want you to become easily unsettled, shaken back and forth. Now, now let's be honest. Nowadays, there's a lot of unsettling going on, and we're feeling agitated. And we feel like we're throwing back and forth. Then he says, not just easily unsettled or alarmed. Everybody say alarmed. One, two, three, alarmed. And it's an interesting Greek word, and it means easily frightened. You're jumping quickly. <laughs> and you're walking around in this paranoia, and you're just so frightened so easily. Because the believers in Thessalonica were, were jumpy, edgy. They actually thought they had missed the rapture. Oh, my goodness. We missed it. And Paul goes, no, you haven't, because the believers are going to be taken up before. And, and they thought they were in the tribulation. He goes, no, you, they were going through rough times, but it wasn't the tribulation that he's talking about in the prophetic calendar. In this world, you will have trouble. I don't know about you. I don't like that verse, but it's true. But we can overcome because of our Jesus. How many people are glad greater is he who's in us than he who roams the world? Come on. Come on, how many people are glad greater is he who's in us than the one who roams the world? He said, I don't want you to become easily unsettled alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us. There was rumors going around, and teaching was going around, apparently from Paul and Timothy and Silas, but it wasn't. Whether by a prophecy, and there's actually people in those days giving these false prophetic words, and they weren't prophetic, they were pathetic. And they were pretending it was from God, and it was messing up the believers by prophecy or by words of mouth, rumors. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Or by a letter. And many believe that there was a letter that was circulated in those days that they said it was from Paul, but they, it wasn't from Paul. And the believers were getting confused, asserting that the day of the Lord had already come. And the day of the Lord is making reference to, to, to the end time prophecy when Jesus comes back for his church and, and then those tribulation years are unpacked. And Paul is clearing up the confusion. He's calming their concerns. And if you, if you get anything from these first two verses, now's not the day for us to be unsettled. Now's the day for us to be settled in Jesus. Now's not the day for us to be gripped by fear and frightened and alarmed. Now's the day for us to have a peace of God that passeth all understandings. Church, uh, the world might be shaking, but Jesus is unshakable. Amen? 
Come on, the world might be shaking, but Jesus, is, is he's the solid ground, and, and we need to cling to him. Not be unsettled, but have a confidence that's found in God Almighty. So number one, the rapture will deliver believers. Number two, let's talk to you about the rebellion. The rebellion, and this rebellion that we're going to look at today will deceive many. Now, if I was really doing a true exposition of all these themes, I'd be walking you through the book of Daniel. I've been walking you through the book of Revelation, and I've been walking you through the book of 1 John. We don't got the time today. We're just going to dive into what Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, the rebellion. Look at verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you. Now, I want to talk to you about the word deceive, deceive, deception, where somebody lures you away and brings you to something that you think is true, but it's not true, but they make it look so right that you fall for it and you are tricked by it, and you lured into it, you are sucked into it, it's deception. It's, it's, it's a lie coated with false truth, but you think it's true, right? I mean, let's be honest. If you can clearly see it, you wouldn't be deceived, but deception has a coating of it that you think it's good, you think it's right, you think it's the way it should be, and so you fall for it. Now, the spirit of the enemy is to bring confusion and delusion over the body of Christ. And I, I just want to say to the house, because I love you, let's not be deceived in Jesus' name. He said, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, any way, any way, any kind of way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. Now, I'm reading from the New International Version. Some of your Bibles say the apostasy, the apostasy, the rebellion or the apostasy. And it's, it's, a, it's a worldwide revolt. In a military term, it means people revolting against the government with the idea of taking over. We don't like you, we don't want you, we are taking over, we are revolting, and we are, it's an insurrection, and we don't like what you're doing, so we're done, and we're, we're, we're just leaving. It's like everybody bailing on the military, saying we're out of there. From a spiritual context, from a religious context, it's a worldwide turning from God. It's a rebellion. I'm done with you, God. I don't believe in you, God. I, I, I don't want you, God. You are not real God. Jesus is not God. Jesus is not the way. All religions end up in the same place. There's no difference between that religion and this religion. You know where I'm going with this. That's the deception going around today on planet Earth. That's the deception that our young people, I'll tell you right now, it was tough when I was a young person, but it's a lot tougher for our children today. It's a lot tougher for our young people today. And we gotta do all we can to make sure that our children and youth are grounded in the word of the living God. Come on, amen? There's a lot of deception, a lot of confusion. A lot of confusion on gender identity. A lot of confusion that's sweeping into all of society. And he said, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come till the rebellion occurs. But look at verse 7. It's verse 7 that just wrecked me in my spirit. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. Now, secret is not, shh, don't tell anybody. That's not what it means. The word secret means it's, it's hidden. It's, it's going on behind the scenes. You don't really know it or see it, but it's happening behind the scenes. There's something going on behind the scenes because that's how the devil works. The devil works in darkness, not in light. I'm telling you right now, 
Satan, the lawless one, is working behind the scenes to mess up God's church. And I expose it today in Jesus' name. And there's, there's, there's a delusion and a confusion and a deception. And it's messing with us to, well, really, you know, this book's kind of old school. It really not. This is the word of the living God. If God said it, I believe it. It's the way it is. It's our compass. The absolute truth is the word of God. Relative truth is you create your own truth. Absolute truth is the truth is found in the word of God. But that secret power of the lawlessness is already at work. And I'll tell you, friends, it was at work in those days, and it's work today. You, you all know that there is a pulling away from the truth of God's word, and, and it's, it's going to get rapidly more in these last days. But number two, the rebellion. Then there's number three. I want to talk to you about the Antichrist. The revelation of the Antichrist will dominate the world. The Antichrist. Now, I'm just going to walk you through verse three down to verse five, verse six, verse seven, Verse 9 and verse 10, I'm going to show you some things here about the Antichrist. Now, before I read it, if you study the book of Daniel, the Antichrist is called the, the little horn. In 1 John, he's called the Antichrist. In the book of Revelation, he's called the beast. But Paul gives us some other descriptions. Verse 3, the man of lawlessness is revealed. That's the Antichrist. The man doomed to destruction. His destiny is already determined. He's the lawlessness one. He's the man doomed to destruction. The Antichrist, he will oppose. Antichrist means to stand against or push yourself up above. Antichrist, against Christ, feeling like you're above Christ. And the Antichrist will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God. The Antichrist will lift himself up like he's God. He's the savior. He's the answer to the world. He's called God or is worshiped so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, if, you, if you're a student of God's word, you go, I, I know what that is. That's that abomination of desolation thing talked about at the end of Daniel chapter 9. We're three and a half years into the tribulation. The Antichrist is going to walk into the rebuilt temple and literally profess, I'm it. I'm real. And his true colors are going to come out. David Jeremiah, if you know that name, any of you follow his stuff, he says the Antichrist is cruel, he's charismatic, and he's cultic, and he's clever. And look out. The spirit of the Antichrist is real today. People say to me, Mark, is the Antichrist alive today? Maybe. I don't know. But the Antichrist will surface as the answer to the world's problems. There will be a one-world currency. Can you not see that happening right now? I don't carry cash anymore. It's going to be a one-world government. Can you not see that happening right now? Now, I just want to go on the record and say, because some people are coming to me and saying, Mark, is, is, is the vaccination the mark of the beast? Set the record straight. It's not the mark of the beast. It's not. And I don't want to dive in today about vax, not vax. We're not going down that road. But I am going to say to you, first of all, I respect your decision. Let me say that. I and I, I said to the church, we talked about unity. Let's respect everybody's decision on this and not let there be a spirit of disunity in the name of Jesus. I just want to say that. Amen? But I will say this. There is a sociological, psychological conditioning. You could see it. 
you could see a conditioning happening. You could see something moving towards something worldwide. You could see some control. You could see some normalcy. I'll tell you right now, when the Antichrist shows up, it'll be so deceptive. Many people are going to go, wow, this dude is the answer to the world's problems. Clever, charismatic. But you need to know, Antichrist. And the spirit of the Antichrist is happening today. Look at verse 5. He said, don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? Because Paul talked a lot to the Thessalonians about this, verse 6. And now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. There's going to be a proper time in heaven's calendar where the Antichrist will be fully revealed for who he is at the proper time. Now, it's not on the screen. I I actually must confess to you, I forgot to put it on the screen. But I want to read to you the latter part of verse 7. So if your Bible's open. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. Who's that referring to? I believe that's referring to the Holy Spirit. I believe that the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is holding back the Antichrist. And I believe the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is working through God's church. Because I believe God's church is, it needs to rise up in the name of the Lord to be the protector and to be the salt and the light. I'll tell you, church, I'm more passionate about this than ever before. This is not the time for the church to be the sleeping giant. This is the time for the church to awaken their soul in the name of Jesus. And not be ashamed or afraid to stand for the truth of God's word. Come on, is there a little witness in the house today? We got to stand for God's word. Oh, oh, fear. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but a love power and a sound mind. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit is holding back and using the church to be the protector, to be the one, to to be the salt and to be the light. But the day will come when the Antichrist is fully revealed. Look at verse 9. The coming of the lawless one, the lawless one, will be in accordance with how Satan works. The Antichrist is doing the work of Satan. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders, false miracles, demonically inspired, that serve the lie, the lie, the lie. Get that in your spirit. Verse 10, in all the ways that wickedness deceive those who are perishing. There's confusion there's delusion, and there is a spirit of deception. The spirit of the Antichrist is prevalent. And I just say to the house, let's not let normalcy of a lie creep in, that we begin to believe the lie, that the lie is truth. And your, your, your young adults are in a generation where everyone's telling you all religions lead to the same place. They all blend. No, they don't. Every other religion's God is dead. Every, their leaders, are, their bones are in the grave. Muhammad is in the grave. Jesus is not in the grave. Jesus is not in the grave. Not in the grave. Not in the grave. And I'll tell you, and I mean this with all I've got, we are spending way more time, including your pastor, talking about COVID. Every conversation is about COVID. I think we need to spend more of our time on, this should drive us not to conversations about COVID. This should drive the church to their knees, getting in the face of God, calling upon the name of the Lord, because we need a mighty move of God like never before in Jesus' name. Is there a little witness in the house today? We really do. We really do. Discern. 
May the spirit of discernment be there. May the spirit of discernment be there. The revelation of the Antichrist. Now, I'm going to wrap it up with some pretty cool news. We talked about the rapture, the rebellion, the revelation. There's a lot more I could say, but let me go to number four. The return of Christ will destroy evil. First coming, baby in the major. Second coming, it starts with the rapture of the church. But at the end of the seven-year... Tri- now, you want to know what the tribulation's really like? The great wrath of the tribulation is talked about in the book of Revelation. It's horrible. It's nasty. But I'm glad to say that the church won't be here for that. Amen. Amen. We're going to be with the Lord. Amen. But the end of the tribulation, we're coming back to bring in the thousand-year millennial reign, peace on earth. Jesus is coming triumphantly with his church. That's the conclusion of the second coming. Look at verse 8. I love this. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Gone. I'll tell you what Satan is. I'll tell you what the Antichrist is, like a flickering little flame that someday the breath of God is going to extinguish that flame. And splendor speaks of the shining forth or the brightness. Now, I, I, I don't read the message translation a lot because it's very poetic. It's a very loose translation. It's not close to the original, but it's kind of cool to read. And the, the message translation says, this is what it says about this, but don't worry. The master Jesus will be right on his heels and blow him away. The master appears and puff, the Antichrist is out of there. Come on, isn't that powerful? Gone. Gone. Jesus is coming back. And and, and the doom of destruction for the Antichrist is determined. And the Antichrist, ha, ha. And Satan is going to spend eternity not in heaven, but in hell. There's doom day that's coming. Jesus is coming in splendor, in victory. I don't have to be shakable because I got an unshakable Jesus. He's coming back right on a white horse. He's going to bring victory. This is the battle of Armageddon. All the armies around the world. There are countries right now saying we, we want to kill kill every, if you only allowed one child, because it better be a male, because there's countries right now shaping their armies, getting ready for the battle of Armageddon. You read David Jeremiah stuff, you read some of these prophetic books, there are countries getting ready for the great battle of Armageddon, and they're going to gather in the, in, in the valley of Megiddo, but Jesus is coming back. Puff, you're gone. You're gone. Come on, his name is Jesus. You're gone. You're gone. Verse 10, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Jesus is the truth and his word is the truth. And may we not listen to the lie of the deception of the devil that is sweeping minds and hearts and getting into theology and churches and confusing and diluting the truth. I think we need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. <laughs> Verse 11, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion. He allows this powerful delusion that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned. Verse 12, who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. I want to bring this right back full circle. And this message today is not to give you a prophetic timetable and which to build your character. 
And I've lived long enough to know this, that my end time understanding of end time events is my window on the Bible. I think Jesus is coming back before the tribulation. Some of you are going, Mark, he's coming in the middle of the tribulation. I, I don't want to debate that. I just want to have an unshakable faith that says I'm ready when Jesus comes back. And I'm not going to listen and believe the delusion lie that is sweeping over our young people. And our young. I'll tell you what I feel Holy Spirit saying to me right now. Pastor Brad, come on up. I feel Holy Spirit speaking to me right now that we need, we need to stop at this service and pray for our children and our young people that the spirit of deception that is sweeping over their minds will be broken in the name of Jesus. So come on, church. Get on your feet right now. I just feel Holy Spirit is in the house this morning. <laughs> I love our children in this church. I love our youth. And I love our young people. And Satan is going after them. There is confusion. You already know that godly teachers are having a hard time because the secular school system is making them teach stuff that goes against the word of God. And we need more godly teachers. Come on, how many people are glad for godly teachers in our school system? I'm glad for them. I'm glad for them. The devil's going after your children. He's messing with their minds. He's speaking a deceptive lie. He's taking a lie and coating it with some truth. I'm telling you right now, it's either all true or it's all lie. And we need to pray that this disillusion and deception will be broken. So come on, lift your hands right now. Father God, I pray a covering over our children. I pray a covering over our young people, over our young adults. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the spirit of deception would be broken right now in the name of the Lord. We pray that there would be a generation of young people that won't be so caught up in the confusion of social media and in a cancel culture and in stuff that is messing with them. We pray it would be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of the Lord that the truth of your word would shine forth in our young people, in our children, and in our young adults, in the name of the Lord. We claim this next generation for Jesus. We pray in the last days you would pour out your spirit upon our sons and our daughters. We pray, God, even though a rebellion of apostasy is spoken about in Thessalonians, we know that the word says in the last days you shall also pour out your spirit upon our sons, upon our daughters, and they shall prophesy. Oh, God, we pray a mighty move of the living God. We pray deception will be broken. The lies of the devil will be broken right now in the name of Jesus. We know that Satan is working, but God, you are greater. You are bigger. You are mightier. And we pray that the work of Satan will be broken over this house in the name of Jesus, we pray. And now, God, we just give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and all the thanks. May this church be unshakable in the name of the Lord. May our faith be so strong. I pray no more unsettledness, agitation, no more alarmness, fear, and trembling. I pray peace of God that passeth all understanding in the name of Jesus. We give you glory, honor, praise in Jesus' name. Nobody whispered. Everybody shouted, amen. Come on, everybody shouted, amen. Come on, everybody shouted, amen. Come on, give a loud clap offering of praise to our Lord God, to our Lord God. Come on, pastor, lead us in a little worship right now. On that day. We join the resurrection 
and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations that every head would be bowed, everyone's eyes would be closed. Whether you're here on site or you're watching online, and today was the day that Jesus came back. As it talked about in 1 Thessalonians, coming back for the believers, are you ready? If today was the day that Jesus came back, do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? If today was the day that you died, you slept into eternity, do you know that your eternity will be in heaven? Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you personally asked Jesus to be the center of your life? And if you can't answer yes to that question with a definite yes before we close, I'd have no greater joy than giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the center of your life. Every single Sunday, so many people are saying yes to Jesus, asking Jesus to be the center of their life. And maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you did it one time. Be like, I am so far from God, and I'm here today, and I want to settle it. I want Jesus to be the center of my life. I want to be led in this prayer for Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my life and be number one in my life. I want to live for him, serve him. I want to be ready for heaven. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm just going to count to three. And if you'd like to be included and led in this prayer after I count to three, our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed, I'm looking, no one else is, I just want you to lift your hand, and by lifting your hand, you're letting me know, Pastor, I want Jesus to be the center of my life, I want to be led in this prayer, here we go, one, two, three, that's you, you just lift your hand as high as you can, by lifting your hand, you're just letting me know, I, I want Jesus to be number one, yeah, God bless you, 
for the many of you who lifted your hand. You put your hand down. And I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And we're going to join you as you pray. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I repent today. Today I invite you to be the center of my life. Today I declare you as my Savior and my Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we open our eyes? Can we take a moment right now and celebrate salvation? Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you made the best decision of your life. You're on site. Just a couple of moments on your way out. We got these exit tables. We got a Bible for you. It's free. A little booklet for you. It's free. We got a follow class that happens on Wednesday night. It's going to help you in your new faith journey. Take the next step. Get baptized in water. They'll tell you about that. If you're still checking out Christianity, lots of questions. Alpha is for you. This is your church. We got connect groups doing life together. Go to our website. You'll hear all about it. If you need extended time of prayer, there's many options. But in a couple of moments, when this service closes, you can come stand at the front on one of these lines, COVID-friendly, a team of people. Someone will come and pray for you. But check out our many prayer ministries on our website. It's there to support you and help you. And as your pastor, I want to thank you for bringing in those Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. Isn't that fun to do? Amen. Let's keep being a blessing. Let's keep being a blessing. So church, we're not going to be shaken because Jesus is the rock. Amen. Jesus is the rock. Amen. And we look to him. So I I just want to encourage you, dive deeper into 2 Thessalonians 1 to 12. Don't let it freak you out, but let it bring a calmness and a clarity to you. Can we give it up one more time for our first-time guests? Thank all of our first-time guests for coming. And I... I want to thank you for joining today. This is your first visit. I hope you've enjoyed it. hope you come back. We've got lots of ministries for every age group. But on your way out, drop by an exit table. We've got a coffee card for you. Our way of saying thank you for coming. And on your behalf, we're going to make a donations to the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. Well, Evelyn, I love you so, so much. It's great doing life together. May God bless each and every one of you. Peace on your mind overflowing joy in your spirit, ongoing health in your body. Have a great day. Have a great week. Can't wait to see you next Sunday. Thank you to all of you who have joined us online today as well. God bless you.